and I think we're live. All right, so new person, close friend of mine, got Jason Cabinda, linebacker, Oakland Raiders. Jason, how's it going? Doing good, bro. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks, man. Um, how's uh, uh, workouts and stuff going right here in the middle of that? Been good. Team's starting to gel and stuff. And it's always good when we get to grinding together and stuff like that and being around each other again. So it's been good being back, just getting to work. All right. So I told you to prepare two truths and a lie. Let's see what you got. I'm going to guess it. Okay. Two truths and a lie. <clears throat> uh, my favorite sport growing up was football. Um, I speak French. And. Uh, I'm screwing up right now. <laughs> I speak French. My my favorite sport was football, and I love anime. All right, I think I know this one. So I know you love anime. I know that. And <laughs> the, the easiest way to know is because your Twitter thing is like Goku <laughs> or something. So dead giveaway. I know yeah. your mom speaks French, so I feel like that would be true. So then my guess is your favorite sport is probably basketball growing up. That is true. Bang, 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 bang. Dude, that was true. You're the Maybe second, I make that one hard enough. You're the second person I did that with, and I'm two for two, so I feel pretty good. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start from the beginning. You and me played Pop Warner together. Yeah. I ragged on you. We, we talked about it a lot, but you were not the best player. I'm going to keep it late at first. You were not the best player when we first started playing together. That was probably one of the worst on the team. <laughs> probably, probably, arguably one of the worst players I had played with before high school. <laughs> <laughs> back when I was playing, uh, back when I was playing like offensive guard. You know, <laughs> um, so for people that don't know, Jason's a few years younger than me, so he, he was over the weight limit, so he had to play a few age groups up, and it was a little bit of a struggle, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> the um, so then, like when I was thinking about that, I was talking to someone and we were saying how, like when you're a kid, if, you, if you're not good at something, you're just like, screw that, I'm not going to do it. Sure. So if football wasn't going so hot when you were a kid, what made you keep playing like through all that time? I actually almost quit. I really, really actually almost quit. Uh you remember, like, back in the Pop Warner days, how we used to have, like, those three, four weeks of just, like, straight conditioning, just, like, hell. Yeah, you did not uh, do good with that. <laughs> yeah. Bear, bear crawls was the absolute worst. <laughs> I uh, I remember coming home one day, and I, I literally, like, I asked my mom. I was like, I don't want to play anymore. Like, I, I want to quit. And uh, she made me keep playing. She convinced me somehow to, like, you know, just keep going, like, stick with it or whatever. And, you know, I stuck with it. Um, it was honestly hard for a good, solid two, three years. I mean, it really wasn't until, like, seventh grade where, like, workouts weren't as bad. Like, I still really wasn't that great of a football player, but, like, at least, like, I was able to get through it and, like, actually, like, do well at workouts. And then eighth grade, like, I had a big old growth spurt, and I went from being, like, short and chubby as hell to, <laughs> uh, to, uh, to tall and, and lankier. Uh, I grew, like, five or six inches going into eighth grade. Um, and that's when I actually started playing offense for the Falcons. And eighth grade is finally when I started being able to play with kids my age. So I was going to say, I remember, cause then I remember I was, 
I guess it was your freshman year was my junior year, and I remember some being like, "Yo, have you seen Cabinda?" It's like, "No." Like, what do you mean? It's like, "Oh, dude, he's na- he's nice now. He's killing everyone." I'm like, what do you mean? Because like the last I played <laughs> yeah, with you, right. you were not nice. <laughs> yeah, your only memory of me was just like being the absolute worst. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was like, no, I was like, no, I like did he? He's like, yeah, he grew, blah, blah blah. But and you know, normally people attribute that to like, oh, like he had a growth spur, like grew into his body, he's athletic, blah blah blah. But like the fact that you stuck it out is kind of you know, most like I would have quit if it, if that was me, I would have been like, yo, screw yeah, that, yeah. I'm out. Like, because it's not like because it's not like I like just sucked. Like I was like last person crossing the line on sprints and like bear crawl. Like I was the one like struggling. And, yeah, and it also that was not like it was even that long ago, but that was a time when. The coaches were trying to get those kids to quit. They were just like they would make you work harder, so you'd be like, "Yeah, this, exactly." <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to think back and like kind of look at that that whole situation. It's crazy that I didn't quit. <laughs> and, and Thank then, God I didn't. <laughs> yeah, actually, seriously. And then, Sam, we played together in high school for a little bit, and we came up short. Never won a state title, but then you won one once I left. So why the hell couldn't you do that when I was playing? <laughs> that's my. Uh, well, so that was my sophomore year and your senior year. Damn, we should have won that game. I was against Piscataway. Nadir Barnwell went off. We had him, too. We were the number one seed going into that playoff. Uh, sheesh. But I think really it was my sophomore year where, like, I really, like, truly, like, dedicated everything to, like, never missing a workout. Like, and I was just really, like, super just on my shit, like, taking everything, like, really, really seriously. And then... My junior year is like really when I came into my own, which was the year you left. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think my junior year, I think I had like almost 25, t- I think I had like 25 touchdowns that year playing running back because that was my first year as like a full-time starter because my sophomore year I was still splitting carries with Brockwaters. Yeah. Um, and then senior year, we really put it all together. Mikey was quarterback. I mean, we, we, we had just a, such a solid like, leadership from a senior like aspect like dudes who really worked hard we had such a good core like nucleus in general so <laughs> pull it off against Manalapin. it's all right, <laughs> it's all right. Can't, can't win them all i guess um yeah. you know what else sucked about that game was i got lit up in that state championship game and i just remember them just playing that on the jumbotron like over and over and over again <laughs> just getting lit up it's fucking brutal um so then after high, after you won a state championship without me, then you, you know, you were going through all the recruiting process and stuff during that time. And I remember it, you originally committed to Syracuse, and then at some point decommitted, went to Penn State. Um, yeah. But those were to play defense, and I know you had a lot of like FCS offers to play running back, correct? Yeah, and that's yeah. And that's you mostly played in high school. Uh huh. So how much did you weigh the decision? That did you want to play running back? Or did you want to play linebacker? Yeah, I did want to play running back, to be honest. Um, I mean, the only school really that was wanted to give me – or really two schools that would have given me a shot at playing some offense was uh, Temple and UConn. Um, and I for sure didn't want to go to UConn. When I went there, I didn't really like it at all. Um, but Temple was in my top five. You know, when I was committed to Syracuse, they were in my top five. So I, I came close to playing for them. But, um, I mean, I still truly believe I, I would have been successful playing running back too, but – I mean, when I went to Penn State and visited there, it was like the Michigan quadruple overtime win. It was a wideout. I mean, after I left there, there was just there was just no way I couldn't go there. I mean, there was just no way. Yeah, it was the the environment, just everything about the place was just it was just it was insane. Um, during that whole process, was there any thought process of like, 
oh, FCS is not that much. You know, like, oh, maybe the smaller schools are more enticing because, you know, the level of competition is a little lower and maybe I'll get more time. Or was it like I'm trying to get to the best school possible? You know, what was your thought process? No, I mean, I wanted to play on the big stage. That was a big thing, too. You know, I didn't want to. I mean, Central, our high school is a big high school. Um, A lot of those SES schools, like, weren't even really much bigger than our high school. Um, So going to a big school was a big deal for me. Um, And that 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 played into that played a big role into why I didn't go um, to FCS. And so it was that and just the fact that, like, I just wanted to play like in the upper echelon of college football. Like, I just wanted to play like with the best. Um, you know, I just felt like that would make me the best. I feel like that's what made me like what I am today. Um, like as we talked about before, like playing Pop Warner, playing up like that experience, playing up and playing with older age people. Like that's those kinds of things have just always made me like so much more mature in that aspect. So I feel like that kind of stuff has helped me so much. Did you have anybody kind of, you know, in your corner advising you saying that, hey, I don't know about that level of competition. Like, was there anybody kind of... T- given that thought to you can that thought to you at all actually no and I, I guess that's one of the different things about one of my you know situations in terms of recruiting you know normally you normally have like so many people who are like in your ear saying like you should go here you should go there like my mom like didn't really know anything about college football to begin with so like for me really like her only thing was school you know going to a good school getting a good education um the whole college football part that all all that stuff was just foreign to her you know foreign to my dad so uh most of this really the whole decision really weighed on me you know for the most part you know i had talked to coach bill a bit obviously knowing that he had gone to penn state when he you know found out that i got an offer you know he had pulled me aside you know talked to me a bit about penn state and stuff but i mean besides that i mean the decision was really on me and it honestly was the best decision i've ever made and then didn't originally didn't wasn't o'brien the coach who originally recruited you and then he left right before you got there yeah, so that was tough, too. You know, I finally commit to Penn State, think everything's all good. And then, you know, New Year's comes along. I'm literally at, like, a New Year's Eve party, and I get this call from from, uh, from Coach O'Brien at, like, 12.30 or, like, 1 o'clock, like, right after the, the – the what do you call it? What do you call it in New York? The bell? At, that, not the bell. Uh, the ball. The, when the ball drops. Yeah, the ball when the ball drops. <laughs> <laughs> literally, like, right at the ball drop, I get a call from Coach O'Brien. He's telling me that, you know – yeah, just taking a job with the Houston Texans and that, you know, I should stay committed to Penn State and, you know, Penn State's a place for me. And literally all the guys who were committed to Penn State at the time, like, we kind of just went into a little frenzy because there's really only a month left until signing day. And, you know, there wasn't even really that much time to go, like, make other visits or go, like, inquire about anywhere else. So it, it was a tough. We ended up losing about four or five guys, I think. But the rest of us, you know, stayed. Uh, and, you know, once Franklin, like, we were literally watching ESPN, like, every day trying to see, like, all right, you know what coaches, but it was. Uh, I'm trying to remember what coaches were even uh, were even in the in the running. It was like the Rutgers coach could have possibly been the guy. Um, then it was like a coach from Miami, and then like when Franklin popped up, like I knew nothing about Coach Franklin. And I really didn't know much about Vanderbilt besides that it was a, a good school. And then when he finally got the job, I think it was after like nine days. Franklin like gathered all the commits on an official visit and like that kind of shored us all up. And then my my uh, position coach came and visited me at, at the high school. And, you know, he assured me because obviously you hear all those crazy stories about like 
when coaching changes happen and, and some commits like get dropped because they're not the kind of player that the coach wants. So, like, exactly. That was really one of my biggest fears when it happened is like, damn, like what if this coach like doesn't like me as a player, like, or I'm not the kind of player that he would recruit. Right. You're, you're um, committing just as much to the school as you are, just as much to the coaching staff as you are to the school itself. Right. Exactly. And when coach probably actually came and like visited my high school, he like reassured me that he really liked my playing style. Like thought I could be a really good player, you know, all those kind of things. So that helped a ton. Um, and then obviously the official visit, that when we were all together like that made us be like all right like everything's straight like we're gonna be fine um and then uh you kind of be essentially became pretty much a vocal leader on the team i mean i don't know how when that started but and by your senior year especially was that something that was kind of thrust upon you or did you just take that responsibility on yourself was like a natural thing um yeah i mean i, I guess I, i've always kind of you know being thrust into a, a leadership role, I just, I guess, based on really my personality and kind of the way I go about my business. Um, I mean, even at, at Central, you know, my junior year when I was still playing basketball, I, I was captain of the basketball team, even though I wasn't necessarily the best player on the team. Um, you know, my senior year, I was captain of the football team, too. And then really when I got to Penn State, you know, I played early and I was able to play as a freshman. Um then my sophomore year was my first time as a full-time starter. Um, and really getting that experience as an underclassman, that kind of put me above the rest of my class and stuff like that. And then junior year, again, that's really when I came into my own. Um, junior year, I actually thought I was going to leave for, for the for the league. Um, if I hadn't got hurt, I got hurt and missed about five or six games. So I missed like half the season. I still put up like really good numbers for the games that I played in, but there just wasn't enough film for me to feel confident enough for me to leave. And honestly, I'm glad that I did because I was able to graduate, you know, obviously going into my senior year and stuff. But, yeah, it was probably it was probably my junior year when, like, really, like, the coaches really felt, you know, confident in my abilities, confident in the way I was leading the locker room, you know, doing the right things both on and off the field, not getting into any kind of trouble. Um, and I've always been a vocal guy, um, you know, pushing my teammates during workouts and stuff like that. And honestly, I, I learned all that kind of stuff from guys like you, you know, you, Billy Hatton, you know, Matt, Anitas. Now, all you guys, um, I feel like all those kinds of traits are, are things that I picked up, you know, early on. Um, and then, so what do you think, like, why, what made you want to try and go to the league your junior year? You think, you think that was just like, you were just anxious to go? Was it like the financial security? Was it just, you felt like you were ready? Yeah, for me, I, I just felt like I was ready. You know, I felt like I really put together a, a really good season. I had like... I think I had 83 tackles for only playing in seven games. You missed the beginning was. of the year, right? Wasn't it like the early part of the season? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, so I played the first game. I broke my thumb literally the first quarter or the second quarter of the first game. Um, ended up getting it checked out after the game. I played the rest of the game then got checked out after. And they told me like I needed surgery. And I was like, I was so angry to know that like I was going to have to get a surgery just for a thumb. Like I thought, all right, I'll be in a club. Like, boom, I'm fine. And they're like, nah, like the way you fractured it, like you have to get surgery or else like you'll lose your thumb. So I had to get surgery. That that was tough to go through, you know, being on the sidelines for four or five games, five games it was, um, you know, not being able to play and just going through tough. We had a few tough losses during that, during that spread too. And then I finally was able to come back during the Ohio State game. And like, I, was, I felt like I was coming back with vengeance. That was like, the I big really, upset, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was probably one of the biggest games of my career, to be honest. Weren't they like number um, two at the time? Yeah, they were number two at the time. We were unranked. Um, and that was really the game that kind of put us on the map. Um, 
I had like 15 tackles that game, a couple TFLs in the sack. Like, it just felt so good to be back. And I was, I was playing with a, with a club, put my <laughs> thumb up like that. Um, I remember I mean, that actually. It was, it was awesome. I mean, that that game was like it was truly like iconic to me. I mean, that was really like a staple, like milestone in my life. I feel like after that game, that we literally won out the rest of the year, won the won the Big Ten championship, and obviously lost the heartbreaker in the in the Rose Bowl, but. Um, I mean that that game is really the game that gave us so much confidence. Like, all right, like we are who we think we are, you know. And you got a big sack like last drive on JT Bear, right? Did you have like one of those? Yeah, it was kind of a sack. Really, kind of iced the game and and really ended. Um, so that was that was that was probably a moment I'll, I'll probably cherish forever. All right, here's the question. Here's my most important question that I'm going to ask the entire time. Okay. D- does Kirk Herbstreit still have a crush on you, or is he starting to leave you alone? <laughs> I get too stuck in a lot. Actually, you'd be surprised. Uh, Dude, he Kirk's loves my you. Guy, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, people be sending me clips and other stuff. He'd be saying on on the interviews and stuff. Uh, yeah, man. Kirk shows a lot of love. Uh, I remember the first time I met Kirk. I think it actually was that year, my junior year. It was either yeah, I think it was before the Ohio. It was either before the Ohio State game that he interviewed me, or, or it was it was a Rose Bowl. And after that interview, man, yeah, he was really impressed with me. You know impressed with the way you know that i carry myself you know my answers uh you know the way i spoke and stuff like that and we were able to connect after the interview because i really want to do what he's doing you know after i'm done playing you know going to broadcasting and stuff so i'd ask him for some advice and like stuff like that but you know kurt's a really good dude you know um hopefully dude i'll always be able to have in my corner so yeah, he always showed a lot of love. I remember listening. He like interviewed you. I think I don't know if it was like a podcast or a radio thing. And then after yeah. you got off, he was just like, or maybe he would have been telling you on the phone. He's like, oh, like you got to run for president. Like blah blah blah. blah. It's like, yeah, all, right, yeah. all right, Kirk, relax a little bit. <laughs> Jason, I like Jason too, but relax. <laughs> that's funny. that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> I used to do, man. Yeah, that's funny. Um, all right, so. You're getting ready for the draft. You're going through the whole draft process. And I have something to read. This is, yep. your, this is your scouting report on NFL.com going into the draft. Um, Kaminda has toughness and offers an impressive ability to challenge and win against blockers inside the box. But his lack of athleticism could make finding a home on an NFL roster a challenge unless he can shine on special teams. Uh, he's a former high school running back who may have potential as a lead blocker to warrant reps at fullback in camp. Says your strength sure. says your strengths are you are a captain, play with toughness, intelligent leadership qualities, aggressive, uh, attack blockers coming downhill, like attack guys in the hole, good strength, high motor, weaknesses, tight hipped and very limited athletically. Lar- laterally movement is disjointed and inefficient in space, lacks desired acceleration to the ball, uh, doesn't have instincts, blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of shit. So this guy, wow. this guy is Lance, Lance Zerline. So let's talk shit about him. <laughs> so oh, man, I, I say, yeah. I say, all I think th- it's funny that you did that because, like, I've always seen like interviews like uh, of like that happening, like people reading other people's scouting reports. But I never thought uh, that would happen to me. So <laughs> that's actually really funny. Um, so um, I assume you heard stuff like that. I mean, whether it was in the media yeah, yeah, or, or some scouts tell you that kind of things, like what you need to work on. So was any of that stuff frustrating? Like, how did you approach it? What was your focus during that whole like training process? Because, you know, you see things like that and then, you know, everyone's giving you grades and putting numbers and, pro- and giving all these projections. But, you know, it's almost like 
I feel like it makes it seem like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like they're already deciding what's going to happen before they even give you a chance. You know what I mean? So right. I feel like that would exactly. get frustrating as hell. Yeah, and that, that, that's tough, you know, reading that kind of stuff or like hearing that that's, you know, what scouts think of you. But at the same time, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but like you really do, you know, use that stuff as motivation. Because at the end of the day, like you're the only person who knows like what you're capable of and what you can do. You know, no person, especially a lot of these writers and, and bloggers and people who write these scouting reports and people who've never even played football at a high level. Yeah, exactly. Um, who don't even know what it takes, to be honest. So that's kind of what I think. It's really the most laughable of it all is because so, so many people put, you know, all these all this emphasis into these reports and like give all give it so much credibility into like people who really never even bowled. Um, so I think that's really funny. But I mean, to me, you know, when it comes to that kind of stuff, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I, I knew that that was one of the things I had to work on. That's one of the things I was attacking, you know, before the combine was my speed. Um, you know, I knew I needed to get faster. Um you know, I knew I needed to work on work on stuff because as a player, you know, you, that's the way you, you don't get satisfied. You know, you continue to, you know, learn what your weaknesses are and you attack them. You don't ignore them. Um, so, you know, I knew I definitely had had, uh, you know, growth in those areas. But, you know, for them, the right stuff like oh, I should be a fullback or can only shine on special teams and stuff that that shit's just laughable to me. And, and then um, just to prove him wrong, he, his final grade was he says 50 50 chance to make NFL roster made NFL roster. Um Finished with 21 total tackles, started a few games, and Pro Football Focus graded you as the third best rookie linebacker in 2018. So Lance Zerline is an idiot. I want that. <laughs> you didn't say it. I said it. I want it on a record. This guy should is not a great scout or whatever the hell he yeah, is. Yeah, I won't Blogger, writer. You don't co-sign it. Jason, co-sign Jason didn't say anything. I said it. He's just gonna keep. <laughs> he's just gonna keep playing. I'm gonna keep talking for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, but, hey, I mean, that's that's what it's all about, you know. It, I mean, this is really, you know, the pinnacle of it all, you know, playing the NFL. You know, there's always going to be people who doubt you, people who don't think, you know, you can do what, what you do. But at the end of the day, you know, I, for me, it's just always been me against myself. Um, now that I'm here, I mean, now it's just like I want to create my own legacy. I just want to be the best and reach my absolute potential. And I think that's, that's the greatest thing about this sport and really for anybody, you know, regardless of – what that is, you just always strive to be the best player you can possibly be. And that's really what I'm doing right now. Um, and then, so, you know, people are saying whatever, whatever. You acknowledge that you felt like your speed was one of the top things you wanted to work on. And then, and one of the best ways to do that is like the combine, the 40 and all that stuff. But you couldn't do it because I think you tore your quad, right? Or you did something. Yeah, right? I tore my quad. Great thing. I tore it right off the bone. I wrecked this. Um, that, was, that was another thing. Man, 2018 tried me, bro. I'll tell you what. <laughs> 2018 really tried me. Uh, you know, I went through my trials and tribulations during that year. Um, did you think like you, you were said, screwed I after my that? Quad. Huh? I said, sorry, did you, say, did you think you were screwed like after that happened? Did you think like, oh shit, like that was my, you know, that there it goes. That was my shot. Yeah, it was tough because when I was, out, when I was training at uh, XOS over in Pensacola, Florida, I was running real fast on the laser times. And I put together, uh, when we were testing, I put together a 45940. Um, I mean, I was, I was, super lean i mean i was like 232 i mean i i felt <clears throat> in great shape i was running fast like i was testing so well and then that happened and that was just really tough because i knew at the time that it happened it happened in february uh early february and and the combine was like the very first week of march um, yeah it's terrible timing I, 
So, I mean, I was rehabbing like crazy, like trying to get back. I mean, I was literally sitting in an ice sub every day for like at least an hour, like no exaggeration, like 30 minutes at a time, like twice a day I was sitting in the ice sub, like freezing until like my lower half was just like <laughs> numb, um, doing whatever I could to try to get my quad back. But I mean, I just couldn't get back in time. It was just too fast. I mean, I was literally jogging after like only a week and a half, like two weeks out. Like yeah, I was really good. doing everything I possibly could. Um, but I mean, I just knew that if I tried, <clears throat> if I tried to run it at the combine, I knew I would have ret- retoured. Um, so at the end of the day, I had to think long-term because if I would have retoured then, because they actually wanted me to get surgery. Um, and if I were to go to combine and try to run it and I retoured again, I for sure would have needed surgery. So at the end of the day, man, it was just about making a, making a call for the long run. Um, obviously it was a risk not running, the, not running the 40 because for some teams, you know, that's a red flag and for some teams, that makes them think like, oh, if you if you ran, he would have ran like a five one or whatever. Yeah, they just assume Even, like you're not doing you're not doing it because you think you'd run slow or something like that. Right, and exactly. that's the, and that's the knock on you already. So it's like, oh, exactly. he he probably doesn't think his time's going to be impressive, so he's not running it. Yeah, so all all that was tough to swallow, bro. Like, cause cause in my mind, like I knew if I was healthy, like I knew I would have ran a fast time and that would have got me drafted and stuff like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, I knew like right now, like the long run was was what was important because if I retore, I probably wouldn't even have been ready for the season to be honest, because that was like a six month recovery or something like that. Um, so at the end of the day, I just had to bet on myself, you know, do what I had to do, you know, at least at the at the uh, at my pro day, I was able to do you know the linebacker drills and stuff like that, and even then, like I was only like eighty or eighty five percent, like when I put up those numbers at my pro day. Um, I really didn't become probably a hundred percent in terms of my quad until like maybe midway through training camp, probably I would say. And nobody else knows this because I don't talk about injuries because I don't like to be that person who makes fucking excuses and no shit like that. But I mean, now that we're on the subject, um, that's probably when I started like getting back to my normal self was like midway through training camp towards the end of training camp. Um, and I got myself like back into like the best shape of my life. Like I was back to like. 235 like i was lean i felt fast i mean i was stretching take care of my body like crazy um and obviously i mean since we're already on the subject you know obviously after getting undrafted um you know getting a call from oakland and and from gruden and and telling me i want to be a part of the team and stuff like that and him feeling like you know i could be a a really good player for him and stuff and getting that opportunity and then training camp ending and, and being put on practice squad like that was tough, you know, again, because I felt like I, mean, I played well enough to make the 53. And then being put on practice squad just, like, gave me a different type of hunger I, I had never even, like, experienced before. Like, don't get me wrong, I was hungry, but, like, after practice squad, like, I was really in a trance for, like, <laughs> for, like, three, four, five weeks. I was on practice squad. I was, like, in a trance. Um, I just felt like I was trying to prove myself, like, to the world. Like, I was just on some, like, fuck everybody type shit. Like, honestly, um, and then, you know, finally, you know, I got the call up from practice squad. And like you say, you know, I started a few games. So I was able to play well and, and put together a good rookie season. You know, something good that I could really build on going into year two. So at the end of the day, bro, I'm proud of myself, what I did. Because there were some low times. I mean, during the, during being on practice squad, bro, like it was it was a certain point where like I was damn near like depressed, um, you know, but I just kept my head down and just kept grinding, just going in every day, trying to be the first person in the building, last one out type shit. Um, and now I'm here, bro. And you, and it was a long wait too. Like, wasn't it not till 
your bye week, which was like October or something, right? Like that's kind of a yeah, long was, wait. I think it was week around. five. Yeah, it was, it was week five. Um, it's when I got the call up. Um, was that frustrating? Like you're, you're putting in all that work and practice, and then like, like, do you even go to the games? Like on an away game, you probably don't even go, right? So I feel like that's. Well, I was I was lucky because, um, and at least this was an upside to the whole thing. Is you know, I was I was traveling. Uh, they they were they were traveling me. Um, but like I, that's one thing I didn't know. Like I didn't know practice squad players like didn't travel and stuff like that. Um, like didn't they don't even get to be like on the sidelines like during home games and stuff. So you know the fact that you know they were letting me be on the sideline during the home games like they were traveling me for the away games like showed that like you know they eventually genuinely did you know plan on bringing me up and stuff. And that's kind of what you know kept my mental going and, and kept me motivated because I knew like all it could take was one injury and I could be brought up. Um, and honestly, that's the same situation I went through at Penn State. You know, my freshman year, I didn't play till week five. You know, I was I was a yellow. Really, I started a red, and then I was a yellow, and then I was a green. Uh, week five, when when Naeem, uh broke his finger, and then they called me up, and I actually started the first college game I ever played in. <laughs> um, but it's because I always prepared like a starter, whether I was second string or third string. Like I always prepared like I was one play away, and I, you know that's that's how you got to do it. The other thing too is like when you first get, you know, to the NFL, especially, you know, you went in undrafted and there are guys that got drafted and it's a big difference, I would think, because like they have a lot more invested in those guys than they do for you. So it's almost like there's an incentive for them to lean towards the guys they drafted and the guys that are invested in it as opposed to you. So that's like an even bigger challenge for someone that goes undrafted, you know? Absolutely. And and that, that's, you know, one thing that like is so much different about the league is like, everything's a business, you know, uh, you know, you get guys that are drafted and there's genuine, there's literally money put into those guys. Like those guys kind of need to play, you know, and, and they had drafted a linebacker too. Um, so, I mean, this, this the odds really, uh, stacked up against me. They, they, they had drafted a guy from Washington, uh, in the, in the sixth or seventh round. So, you know, they were always, you know, leaning towards giving that guy more reps and stuff like that. But for me, like, I just wanted to outwork him, outwork everybody. Like I, that's really what I've always done is just outwork people. Um, and I know that shit sounds cliche, but it's the truth, bro. Like, if you just want it more, like genuinely really want shit more than other people, like you can make it happen. You just got to be the type of person who's willing to stay up till 1.30, 2 a.m. and be in your playbook rather, rather than sleeping. It's really just about, you know, what what are you willing to sacrifice? So, yeah, that, that was tough because being undrafted, you know, you have all the odds stacked against you. They have no real incentive to keep you or anything like that. So you got to, like, impress even further than, like, what a normal drafted guy would, would have to impress. You know what I mean? So Yeah, they get the benefit of the doubt, you know? Like, they're going to give exactly, them, them exactly. the reps first. They're going to keep, like, giving them second chances. You might get that one chance. You blow it. That's it. The other guy, they'll, you know, they'll be a little more lenient. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of an aspect of the whole thing that not a lot of people, you know, know about. So... Um, and then another thing I was thinking that, you know, it's kind of a big difference once you jump to the league is, you know, like, like we played at a pretty good, like a w- very well-run high school program that not a lot of people get the chance to do like a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of structure, very well run. Honestly, like in my opinion, like it was more well, it was better run than my college program. Like granted I played D3, but like, like central was run very well. Obviously you yeah. Penn state that's like very well run, but there's a lot of, you know, structure 
in those types of things. And then you get to the league. I feel like that structure kind of goes by the wayside and it's way more, I mean, it could be correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's way more on you to like come in shape. Like they're not going to waste the time to get you as much in shape. Like you got to learn the playbook. Like they're going to sit you down and force you to do things almost. So I feel like that's oh, yeah. a, a big adjustment too. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's one, another thing about the league I didn't realize too, is just like, there, nobody's going to push you to, to to push you to your limits or push you to be in your playbook. It's literally a matter of if you show up, you don't know what you're doing, like then bye, we'll find another one. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the the tough thing about this business is like a lot of guys are just like so expendable, but that's just the league. You know, it's a business and that's just how it goes. You know, you're either on your shit or you're not because they will find somebody that is, you know. Um, but that's one thing about the league. So, so many people, you know, don't know. I mean, even starting a year, I mean, probably like, half the guys that I had gotten close to or were real, real good friends with, like weren't even on the team anymore by the end of the year. Um, so that, that's tough. It's really tough. Um, so then obviously had a, like had a successful first season going to the second season, but at this point, looking back is, is there anything that like, if you could go back in time and change something or tell yourself something that you didn't realize at the time at any point, you know, high school, college before even high school like whenever like is there anything you would change or tell yourself that you didn't you know do or realize yeah there's probably a couple things one in terms of early on like high school college at least early on in college um because i got better towards the end of college my junior senior year but really high school and in college taking care of your body um like stretching like for me like I was all about like just killing the workout like and that was the main work like if I killed that then like I did what I was supposed to do but like the taking taking care of your body part like after like making sure you stretch after every single workout like making sure you're getting ice and letting like making sure that little things don't turn into big things like that that shit's really really important um and I didn't really realize that really till the end of my my college career um and then probably the second thing I would say is the draft doesn't mean a damn thing. Um, <laughs> Cause I mean, it, it's tough, you know, being on draft day and, you know, you have your little draft party, you know, you're expecting to get drafted or whatever. Like I at least expected to go on day three, like between round four and seven. And then like you have all your family around, you have your draft party. And then like, you don't get the call like that. That's tough to like go through. And you know, it's, it's obviously impossible to like hide your disappointment and you're around like, family members a lot of people maybe you haven't seen in a, in a long time um but for me i i would probably just tell myself know that like the draft doesn't mean a damn thing um i mean i know dudes who got drafted last year who are now in the aaf and now the it AAF doesn't even exist anything, you know <laughs> so you know it, it doesn't mean anything you just got to continue to believe in yourself and know what your own ability is and just believe in it and just attack every day and just try to get one percent better every day and that's kind of what i've done uh so what do you think going into you know this offseason going to next season like what's your focus you know Ben uh, my focus right now is really just <clears throat> continue to get faster and then continue to have a, a deeper development uh, of the playbook uh, a deeper understanding I should say um, you know last year you know when you come in as a rookie like you don't get this time that I'm now getting of actually being able to slow down the playbook and like learn things slowly like when you come in as a rookie like everything's just shoved in your face and every single day it's like a new install of like so many plays and so many different things that you have to be able to learn on the go and like learn and pick up things fast um so i think now it's just developing a deeper understanding of what's going on around me so that i can play my position even better um i think at this point like i have a general understanding of like what i have to do in every play and stuff like that but 
Now it's okay. What is a dime, or what is a Sam doing, and and what are their keys, and how can that help me? You know what I mean in, in my job and stuff like that. So, a little dog appearance. <laughs> What's the dog's name? <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> Did you just get him? Yeah, I got him uh, back in February. That's awesome. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. And then, so I assume you go back and watch tape and stuff. Is there anybody? Like, do you ever watch tape of other guys in the league or guys that played before? Like, is there anybody you, you know, really, like, watch or, like, emulate your game after or try to pick oh, things yeah, up from? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Luke Keekley is a guy who I, I'm constantly asking for film for. Um, it's funny, before I even knew Derek Johnson was going to be on our team, I'd ask for Derek Johnson's film, too, and, and clips of him from last season or two seasons ago, I guess, um, to watch him play as well. And, and Thomas Davis – and then obviously a couple of Penn State guys. I asked for Gerald Hodges' film. I asked for Sean Lee's film. So I just wanted to see how they play, you know, see, you know, watch their successful plays. All right, what did he see? You know, what movements did he make that made him be able to get there and stuff like that? Um, I think that stuff's really important. Though. You might you might not always be able to emulate, you know, somebody else's games just because they may be either more athletic than you or you just don't move the same way and stuff like that. But, you know, there's always stuff that you can take away from somebody else's game. I feel like that's another thing that separates guys once they get in the league. Like watching film, I could say is like one of the worst. That was like one of the worst parts of football. Like I hated, like I hated watching film. It was brutal. Like you have to do it every day. Yeah. You're watching film of practice. It's like, all right, man, I've seen this a million times, but right. like you have to want to watch film at this point. You know what I mean? Like that's like one of the yeah, most important it's true, things. But like all that stuff is actually like really, really so important. And like now after like having a year in my belt in the league and like just the amount of film I've watched, like it's just like crazy because you recognize things so much faster, especially from a defensive point. I think it can be a bit different from an offensive standpoint, I can imagine. Um, but from a defensive standpoint, I think play recognition and, and those kinds of things are just vital. You know, being able to see certain formations and, and watching it from all different types of teams and, and really seeing where the league is going in general. Because I think the league right now is really turning into a more of a college-style offense league, like just in general. I mean, you look at the the, the – the quarterbacks who are coming in, like the Lamar Jackson, the Baker Mayfields, like offenses are gearing towards that because those are the quarterbacks and the guys that they have now, um, and it's working. Um, so you know that RPO style, the pass-heavy offenses, all that stuff is is really, really um, getting potent in the league now. And I think now as a linebacker, it's vital that you're able to you know cover backs and tight ends, and you're able to be a guy who can be on the field on third down, which is also another thing I'm working on heavy this offseason as well um so yeah film is, is is huge absolutely huge yeah like you said like the play recognition if you got to record if you are a half step earlier you know if you pick up like a half step that could be the difference between making the play or not so it's like literally you recognizing yo, like, it a split second a big deal yeah like eliminating false steps like all the uh making sure you're you, you're getting the right reads like wrong reads can really be the difference between a shoelace tackle and a, and a made tackle like it really <laughs> really is uh yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing about football. It's attention to detail. Uh, I mean, all that kind of stuff is, like, so cliche. But, like, at the highest level where, like, everyone is fast, everyone is strong, like, everyone can do this and that, like, those are really the things that separate guys, like, genuinely. Yeah. Um, all right. We're just about done, I think. Who? All right. Who, up until this point, was the toughest guy ever to tackle in a game, pro or college? Uh... But by, by, by the way, Kuzmak requested I ask this question. <laughs> yeah, my guy Kuz. I must say it was good. Um, whew, that's a tough one. Um, 
I'll tell you what, honestly, uh, probably Lamar Jack. I mean, you see him in open space, you got to be on your shit. <laughs> and even then, like, he, he's just so nifty and so fast that, you know, he's able to make sure he doesn't put his body in jeopardy and stuff like that. He'll find a way to get out of bounds or find a way to, you know, make guys miss. Uh, so he, probably, probably Lamar, probably Lamar Jack, which I guess isn't really too surprising. Yeah, it's not too surprising. After seeing what he was able to yeah, do in college. He's nice. <laughs> um, would you play him in college or last year? No, last year. Last year? Want to play the Ravens, yeah. Um, and then so uh, Marshawn just announced his retirement. What was it like playing with him? Uh, bro, Marshawn's a dope dude, man. Uh, I mean, he really is. Uh, I think a guy who's honestly highly understood, uh, misunderstood, I should say. Um, he's just hella humble, man. He just looks out for everybody. Um, I mean, he, he goes so hard in games. I mean, you see the way he runs. Um I, I think Marshawn's a great dude, and he does so much for the community. Uh, great locker room presence. He's freaking hilarious, as you can imagine. <laughs> I mean, he's just—he's so freaking funny. Um, but obviously, sad to see him go. You know, he's a really good teammate. Um, but I know he's—he's he's obviously going to enjoy retirement. And I mean, he's doing so much in the community, and and the community needs him. You know, he, he's doing so much for Oakland, so much for Cali, so much for Seattle. Um, you know, he's got his pop-up shops now. You know, he's got his Beast Mode brand going. So really happy for him, man. He capped off a hell of a career. So happy for him. Who's going to be the new uh, – who's going to take his spot in the locker room? Like who's going to be like the guy to keep it loose? The guy to keep it loose? <laughs> well, are you, you going to do guy, that? You were, you were doing that in college. <laughs> I've always been pretty loose, guys. <laughs> I know when it gets serious. Well, I can be loose too. Uh, but there is one dude in the locker room I'm just really getting to know that is – it's pretty freaking hilarious. That's a, a Luke Wilson. Uh, he's a tight end that we, we picked up in free agency. I think he's from Detroit Lions. Um, but he's like Canadian. But he's just <laughs> – he, he's so funny, bro. Like he, he's he's really hilarious. So that, that's a guy I'm getting to know that uh, is it, definitely that more mellow and, and funnier vibe. All right. All right. I guess let's do music now. What should I be listening to? Give me something. What should you be listening to? The Wizard, Future's new album, for sure. I still got that playing like crazy. Roddy Rich is Feed the Streets 2 album. Really? I'm, I'm still, actually, I'm trying to get into Roddy Rich. I try and I like, I don't know. I don't have know. You, have you heard Feed the Streets 2? The one with Die Young on it? Maybe not. I got to check. Yeah, I'll send it should to you after we, after we hang up. But that that shit is crank. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously, you, I've always I've always been a huge Travis fan. Uh I can't wait for whatever new project he he comes out with. I heard he's gonna drop a "Birds in the Trap" sing McKnight too. Album, Dude, "Birds so. in the Trap" sing McKnight was amazing. That yeah, was one that of the best albums. Was, that the, shit was od. When the, that dropped in college, like college really went up. The fact <laughs> the fact that that didn't win anything is I don't think it even got nominated for anything. Nah, which is absurd. Nah, it didn't. That, that that was some bullshit. Dude, that was some bullshit. Yeah, I I listened to that for legit two years straight. That album was amazing. <laughs> yeah. But that's really who I've had in heavy rotation as of late. Really, Travis Future and uh, and Roddy Rich. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Good good luck this year. Keep working hard. I expect you to start all sixteen games this year. All right. You got it. Hey man, that's my goal too, brother. That's my goal. <laughs> all right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. I'll talk to you soon, man. No doubt. Thanks for having me on, bro. Yep.